and welcome to All The Frogs, the podcast where we dissect the dating scene, covering everything from first dates to heartbreak and all that's in between. We're your hosts, Lee and Jules, and between us, we've literally met all the frogs out there, and that makes us the most qualified, unqualified pair to share our dating advice. Join us each week as we navigate single life, exploring the highs and lows of dating and chatting about the lessons learned along the way. This is All The Frogs. Let's jump on into the episode. And jumping into the last episode, Jules. I can't believe it. Eight weeks. Not quite that magical three-month mark that we've been doing this together. <laughs> well, there was all the prep time as well. And then we went public. It's like a real relationship. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we have made it over the magic three-month mark and I'm feeling pretty good about that. How are you feeling? Good. I feel really proud of us. It's been a really fun eight plus weeks. What we wanted to achieve from this podcast is kind of sharing the lessons that we've learned from our own kind of dating disaster history. (laughs) But actually, I feel like I've learned all these new things just doing this podcast over the last however many months about kind of what I need and and what I want from like my life and my next relationship. Look at you. (laughs) This podcast is about the value of hindsight and you've just opened it. It's like so meta. It's the value of (laughs) hindsight and the value of hindsight you've just shared from the hindsight. I'm confused. (laughs) I think I'm confused too. If anyone out there understands what we're trying to say, please let us know. Where do you sit there on the understanding? Are you with me or are you with Lee? (laughs) So the first season has really been that cycle of dating from breakup to new and self-love and all the shit that goes on in between that. We do hope that we've resonated throughout the season that looking after yourself is number one. It's not about finding a prince. It's about finding yourself. The frogs are the journey that you have to go through to find what you really want, not not that prince. Because I actually suspect there aren't that many quotation marks princes out there for the amount of queens that I know. Basically, guys, polish your own crowns. You've all got yeah. them. So we were thinking that it would only be right today to kind of go through everything that we talked about on season one and and recap all of the things that we'd learned. And the first one of those was how do you know if you're ready? How do you know that you're ready to get out there? And when we talked about it, however many weeks ago, feels like forever ago, I think we were both in quite different places in our dating journeys. I mean, I know that I was sort of still coming out of my grief stage and thinking, oh, you know, I'll never be ready to be in another relationship. You were dating and a little bit more confident with yourself and out there and getting back into it. How do you feel now in hindsight? (laughs) (laughs) Favorite word. (laughs) Word of season one. How do you think you knew that you were ready? Great question. The moment I knew I was ready was when I was questioning it outwardly and asking my friends about, you know, I think I want to do this. I think I'm ready to like have a hookup or I think I'm ready to like go out there and meet somebody. And part of me was going, I know that I want those things. Like I know Mm -hmm. what I want from the next phase of my life now. And that was my friend saying to me, if you're asking that out loud or you're thinking of those things out loud, like just go and fucking do it. I did. And that's the power of just knowing what I wanted a life for me to look like. Was I going out there and hunting it and seeking it? No, but I was ready to be open to accept that and exploring that. It's hard as well because I don't know about you, I'm not really one for like a one and done 
kind of situation. Mm. I feel like I'm not attracted to someone unless I know them and I am sort of attracted to their personality. And so for me then, a one-night stand is way harder to achieve. And so, you know, you just live in this drought (laughs) scenario. (laughs) <laughs> until people, you actually have successful dates. And some people love a one-nighter and a bit of fun in that way. I would sit in the same camp as you in that like, I do need some knowledge of the person and a connection and so on. And that mm. was the flame I did try and reignite that got cut off. But that's how I knew that I was ready, that I was entertaining these ideas out loud, not just questioning them internally. See, for me, I think I'm kind of there now and I'm questioning it, but I'm also kind of not that fussed. I'm just really happy kind of living my single life at the moment. Like I'm quite content with how my life is. And I don't, even though I think that if the right person came along, I would be open to it. I don't feel that need to kind of actively go out and and find someone that I could be in a relationship with. I was telling my friend this on the weekend. I said, oh, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And he goes, are you sure you're just not really bitter and therefore will never be in a relationship again? He's one of those friends that's just a little bit too honest. (laughs) Also, guys, Lee is not the person holding the sign in the meme that we shared earlier last week. Did it look like me? No, but you just said that you're happy to stay at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. If someone would have just said that you could meet someone in your own home while you're in your PJs with oily hair in a messy bun, midst of eating a giant bowl of pasta, you'd find the one there. Perfect. That would be the dream. The only time that would happen, though, is if my house was being burgled. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a funny story, actually. Just to go off topic, I had to call the police on my neighbours in a previous apartment that I lived in because I could hear all this banging and screaming and I was like, oh, my God, somebody's getting abused, like, in the house next to me. And there'd been a few dramas in this ha- in this place before, so I was like, something fishy is going on. I called the police. The police turned up to the apartment building. They start buzzing my door and I was like, oh. Hi, and like there's so much noise going on in the apartment, we can't actually get in. Can you let us in? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll buzz you into the building. I go back to my Friday evening and then I get a knock on the door and it's the police that have come to see me to get my statement. I was having a Friday night juice cleanse, doing a jigsaw puzzle of Mickey Mouse in my Mickey Mouse pyjamas with every candle known to man and woo-woo music playing. (laughs) The hottest police officer came in to take my statement. I didn't even have a bra on and I was like, I'm in a mini mouse pyjama top with a bow on it. (laughs) 27 years old, I was like, could I get any more embarrassing for my Friday night? I've just been a total Karen and called the police on the (laughs) neighbours. And here I am, like a shrine to Mickey Mouse and my juice cleanse happening in candlelight. So there are other opportunities. Sadly, didn't get his personal number. Just always be ready, guys. Something could happen. Opportunity could literally knock at your door on a Friday night. Yeah. If you decide to be a hero, put some real clothes on. (laughs) The lesson we've learned. (laughs) Okay, so as part of that episode, I think it was, we also talked about the search and we talked about apps. Now, I promised that when I went to Europe, I would get on that app once and we never talked about it. Didn't we talk about it? No, we never talked about it because there wasn't much to talk about. I signed up when I got to Italy and then, to be honest, I just couldn't figure out how to use it. It was almost like a TikTok blend of TikTok and Hinge, for example, because people were posting stuff on there as well. It like ranked people that were like the most popular. That's right, because didn't it have like the Uber rating system? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True, but I had it for women as well. So I don't think that actually came down to safety. I think it came down to just (laughs) hotness and whether they put sexy videos of themselves on there. 
Anyway, remember that the app was supposed to give you one person every 24 hours that was like your perfect match. I swear that every single man, I was in Italy, every single man it matched me with was a 49-year-old man from Denver. Denver. Is it the same guy that you all your book club matched with? Like where was he from in the US? (laughs) True. It's so bizarre. Like, I don't know whether I had the location settings wrong, but I thought, okay, well, this one's a dud. Um, That app didn't work out. And I haven't really found, I was talking to some people about that field app the other day, Mm. and they said that really that's turned into another app that's all about sex. So interesting little sidebar. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> when we were talking post last episode, it was like, yeah, I had field for a while. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Apparently got asked to join a threesome with a married couple. But he was like, yeah, it's a, it's a whole entire kink sex app. I was like, so what were you doing on there? <laughs> Just trying new things apparently. Yeah, and that's fair enough. You get asked to join threesomes with married couples on all the apps. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a kink anymore. <laughs> I can remember in my 20s getting asked to join in a threesome with a friend and her boyfriend at the time. It was really How close was the friend? I lived with her at one stage. (gasps) I know. I think I know who you're talking about. Scandalous. Do I know? Do I, know I obviously said no. Like it just weirded me out beyond belief. Yeah. If they're your friend and you live with them and then their boyfriend is over all the time. Ugh, no. Yeah, that's, I would have to move out, I think. Another thing when you're like searching, you're on the apps, but when you meet someone on the apps, what do you do next? You absolutely stalk them on every known nook and cranny of the internet possible. And <laughs> if you're sitting there listening to this going, oh, that's not me. You're deluded because everyone's doing it. Or if you're a man listening to this going, no one's ever done that about me, you're deluded because every girl you've ever dated has also done that. And if they haven't, where's the safety, guys? Where's the safety? (laughs) That's true, actually. I mean, I feel like we used to do it all the time in our 20s and we were like experts. We knew all the tricks, all the tricks. One of our favourite tricks was Snapchat trick, right? So the technique you have to employ, guys, and... (laughs) I'm going to say, like, I'm really good at stalking now in my professional life. That sounds so creepy. I was like, why are you stalking in your professional life? I have to find speakers or people and I need information about them for professional reasons. I know how to find and get to those nooks and crannies on the website. Like, I can do it. I've honed these skills from years of single life and years of being on the apps and years of being surrounded by awesome friends who I assist in this process. So the first thing you need to do is save their number, get their mobile number done, number one. Then you need to go into all of the apps that you can possibly search people on and try and add a new contact in. WhatsApp is a really good place to start because it often has their last name or a picture on there. Mm. We did used to do that a bit. Yeah, well, I, I never used WhatsApp back then, I don't think. I feel like Snapchat was the one that I used because for, for some reason people had their last names last in name. their Snapchat. Yeah. And then you can just, once you've got their last name, you can open up a goldmine of searching. I could put you to the test right now. I could give you the first name of a person, his phone number, and... Yeah, come on, let's go. 
Let's see if I've still got it in me. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. I found it really weird because I, when I was thinking about this the other day, I thought, oh, I didn't do this for either of the two dates that I've gone on recently. Maybe that's, does that mean I didn't really see a future with them? Or you've lost concern for your safety. Well, I also make sure I feel 100% safe with them before I even go. I used to go on so many dates. And when I look back now, I think I had no idea about any of those people. Yeah. But now I feel like at least I go with people that seem really safe. Having said that, <laughs> we know that often the people that are the biggest threats are the ones that seem really safe. It's true, very true. It is an important part, as creepy as it might sound. It's actually not that creepy. Like you as a single young female, you meet someone on a dating app, you know, fuck all about them. Yeah, mm. you're going to go and put yourself in a situation where you have a drink with them one night after work or on a weekend and... You're not probably telling your friends exactly what date and time you're going somewhere. You might be, but they're not going to be like checking in for your safety. Mm. Who knows what that person could be? Like, hello, I've dated a drug addict and someone who misused medications and someone that's pushed someone off train tracks. And I spoke (laughs) to them all beforehand and I still got myself in that situation. You just don't know what's out there. So you want to know as much about them as as possible. (laughs) So look, finding out their last name, finding out a little bit more about them that you can see online, you know, you don't need to go to the level that, you know, their grandma's name is Edna and that they live in (laughs) Wangaratta or whatever it might be. Just calm down if you're getting that deep. Just a few (laughs) extra pictures, you know, maybe ones where they've got someone standing next to them so you actually, okay, they've said that they're six foot tall. They genuinely look six foot tall and not five one. Do they have a wedding ring in some of their photos? Very, very important. Are they in a relationship on Facebook? Do they have an entirely secret online present. Oh, those little children in the picture with them. Just a little bit of an investigation, just for your own sanity and safety. It's okay, guys. So we got you out the front door. We got you safely to your date. And Lee, you were safely on a date last week with an Irishman. How did you go with the follow-up? Yeah, I was. When we were talking about last week, we hadn't spoken and you told me that I should text him because I was being stubborn. So I did and I got a letdown message uh-uh. and it was exactly like the kind of letdown messages that we talked about when we were going through the All the Nose episode. <laughs> share it. Yeah, I'll share it. He said, hey, Lee, sorry, I've been a bit distracted. I've been on a couple of rapid fire dates with someone since we met and I'm going to restrict my messaging of others for now. I figured a message is better than ghosting. Question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, shrugging man with black hair. (laughs) Oh, so he was not going to let you know in a text message that he'd done these rapid fire dates until prompted and then tried to say that he wasn't ghosting you? I suppose. Didn't we say ghosting is not just after one? What I do find interesting is that he's managed to go on several rapid fire dates between Thursday and Sunday. Always busy. (laughs) I'm actually quite happy for him because if, you know, when you go on a date and you you really want to see that person again, like super quick. I mean, that's obviously what's happened for them. That's not what our vibe was. Mm. So good for him. I'm happy that he found someone else that he really likes. How do you feel about receiving a message like that? I actually felt fine. There was the tiniest twang and then I was like, hold on, like you weren't even that interested in him and remember all the things that you preached on the podcast. (laughs) About dealing with the nose. Good work, you. Yeah. 
So last week as well in our app, you shared an absolute doozy of flaming red bunting. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard from the listener again how she feels about that being shared. I have heard from some listeners though. Oh my God, what an epic story. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and sending love to our listener. Oh, I love that. Oh, our listeners are so beautiful. And you know, sending love to you as well, Lee, with your red flag story. Oh, bless they merged them. together. Yeah. Yeah, they, they sort of two became one there because they were just so similar. We have another funny red flag story to share in our dating disaster segment today as well. So we talked about spotting red flags. Then we talked about what those red flags culminate in, that final epiphany, that aha moment. So with these epiphanies, we shared one from our listener that was about thinking about hooking up with exes and then actually doing it. And we've interpreted that as our listener that sent it through, they're talking about their ex. They were actually being even more vulnerable than that, guys. They were talking about themselves with that aha moment. So the aha moment was not responding to that behaviour in the ex. It was them actually wanting to hook up with an ex while in that relationship. And then they say that no one cheats for no reason. Like there's obviously issues in a relationship. But if I'm thinking about hooking up with an ex and I actually do it, then that's my epiphany that I should not be in a relationship. Yeah, I I have to say that resonates with me a little. I was having a conversation about this the other day with someone and I said, you know, I don't feel like cheating, and this might be a controversial opinion, I don't feel like cheating is black and white. I feel like people cheat for a reason and usually because they're unhappy in their Mm. relationship. And this person that I was talking to said, nah, 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 nah. Sometimes you just do it. That's how he felt. He felt that like cheating is just, you know, sometimes you just want to hook up with someone else and you hook up with someone else. Whereas I've never kind of seen it in that way because if you're really happy with somebody, then you want to be with them. And I think that goes for emotional and physical cheating as well Mm. because there are emotional needs that you might not be getting from your partner or that don't align anymore. And you could emotionally cheat and use somebody else's support for you. And that that vulnerability that you share normally and on an intimate level with your partner, just like physically, if you're doing it with someone else, emotionally, you're doing it with someone else as well. It's different to the norm of your relationship. Still not black and white. Exactly. Not to just completely generalize here, but I feel like women need more emotional connection And so they are more likely to emotionally cheat and men need physical connection and therefore might cheat for physical reasons rather than because there's any kind of emotional tie to what's happening in their own relationship. That brings us back to our listener who is saying that they've cheated on their current relationship but with an ex. So there's that emotional tie there already that's then progressed to that physical aspect. And I wonder if that's a big part for women as well, that building that emotional connection first is perhaps the starting point before physically cheating as well. Mm. It's like what we were saying before with for ourselves. We need that connection before we get down and dirty. <laughs> so then the final topic that we covered, actually it's the final two topics that we've covered. I've, I've merged them into one, new love and self-love. Self-love was our overseas trips on our own, finding ourselves, finding out more about ourselves, loving spending time on our own and getting used to that. And then there was all this story about how you've met someone special by dealing with all the shit in the past and now being ready to get back out there and putting yourself out there on the dating scene. And now you're going through all those awkward new romance steps like 
do I, don't I fart in front of this person? We put it out to our listener about where they sit on the fart scale in front of someone that they're newly dating. Yes, I have not seen the results for this, so I must, must hear them. It's quite interesting, actually. We put two questions out to the listeners. So the first one was, where do you sit in the farting scale? And the second question was an open response question about things that you'd never do in front of your partner. Keep that in mind. Okay. So the results, the options for the farting scale. Never. I'm pristine. Sometimes it's me. Mostly it's the dog. <laughs> I'm comfortable most of the time. Or let them rip. <laughs> Did you vote that? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Look, the most popular option was blaming the dog. But we did have listeners on the pristine end of the spectrum and we also had some listeners on the let them rip end of the spectrum. Oh, interesting. And interestingly, one listener, I'm going to point this listener out because I just find it so funny, very open with letting them rip in front of someone they're newly dating but would never, ever get ready in front of their new partner because apparently apparently they're really high maintenance and they don't want the person to know that they're high maintenance. So they've got this persona that they're immaculately put together and they're just so chill and low-key and, like, so laid back that they've had all these hours of getting ready to be this chill and relaxed and then they're just going to let out a monster of a fart in front of them. <laughs> I don't yes. understand. That doesn't reconcile for that me. reconcile. I love it, though. <laughs> it's the illusion of chill. Not caring about farting in front of someone is kind of chill. Yeah, but then if you're also saying that you never want that person to see you get ready because you're so high maintenance. I wonder how long they take to get ready. I don't know. Dear listener, please let us know. (laughs) Did you get any more responses in that uh, freestyle? Oh, I did. Let me share some of the best. Someone said, go out for tacos or burgers. So messy. Yes, yes. Really? Have we talked on this podcast about how I can't use a knife and fork? No, but I do know this quite well. I hate eating with my hands, right? Like I'll eat a taco with my hands and I'll eat nachos with my hands. But pizza and burgers, I have to use a knife and fork. Otherwise, I have to be wiping my hands every time I take a bite. And to pick up a burger and put it down every single time is, you know, time consuming. So I use a knife and fork. The problem is I'm not very good at knives and forks. So I'm left-handed. And, you know, when you pick up your knife, you usually switch your fork to your other mm. hand. Yes. I don't do that. So my fork remains in my dominant hand, which means I do everything with my fork. So instead of cutting with my knife, I drag with my fork. I'm doing my lovely um, <laughs> demonstrations for you again. And I have had, I reckon, at least two dates pointed out and say, why do you eat like that? <laughs> <laughs> so I always avoid burgers, always. So you resonate with this listener. Look, I'm just going to oh. read one more because it's great. Okay. Their response, <laughs> I have no limits. <laughs> Who is this person? I want to know them. <laughs> I love it. It was specifically asked about newly dating as well. Like you just let it out from the start. Be you. I absolutely love the freedom and confidence that comes with that response. Like go you. Yeah, yeah. what a legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now it's time for Tried and Tested, where we do the hard work so you don't have to. I'm going to say we, but it's actually Lee who's done the hard work for us this week, guys. (laughs) She's ventured out into the wild, seeking out solo activities, testing trends, and to find out what really works when it comes to dating and living your best single life. I've actually done manual labor this week (laughs) (laughs) for this Tried and Tested. I went weed dating. Love it. (laughs) 
Tell us more. Did you get stoned? Yeah. No, no. So it's <laughs> it's literally weeding a garden. So it's held by a community garden in uh, Melbourne. And basically it's speed dating while you're weeding. They have, you know how at gardens they have like rows of crops. Mm. So you have two lines, one on either side of the crop row, and you're directly across from someone. And you're, you're there with like gardening gloves on, pulling the weeds out and having a chat to this person <laughs> that's across the row from you. And um, you get five minutes with each person before the row moves. Right. Anyway, I, I have to admit to you, I literally just booked this for tried and tested. It's not the kind of thing that I would normally put my name down for. And I was beyond nervous. <laughs> I'd never even been to this community garden, even though it's kind of in my neighbourhood. I like to go places that I know and I like to know what I can expect from things. And I, they had nothing on social media about this and I just felt completely unprepared. Well, like, like when you lived in Paran, right, you had your favourite bar and the bartender knew you for your first dates. It was your spot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's problematic in its own right. But the first issue I had was what do you wear True. when you go weed dating? Now, everybody I asked said, oh, you should obviously wear dungarees. I said, oh, yeah, okay, no worries, guys. I'll just pick out my favourite pair of dungarees <laughs> from my wardrobe and pop them on. I had nothing. I'd be thinking you're on your knees for a really long time. Was that right? <laughs> so, like, the person that you're also speed dating with will know, like, your stamina in that department. That's a tick. <laughs> Um, I actually just sat straight on my bum. I tried squatting for ages, but then my ankles got sore. And actually, by the end. Squatting, that's just like (laughs) opening the legs right up. Here I am, guys. Two bushes for the price of one. (laughs) Oh, do you know what, though? After about halfway, almost every conversation that I had opened with people saying, oh, my God, I'm so old. I just can't (laughs) squat anymore. So everyone was in the same position. Anyway, I agonized over it and I was actually going to get up really early and go to the charity shop to buy an outfit to wear to Northside Weed Gardening so I could like look somewhat the part. And then I thought, what am I doing? If I actually meet someone at weed dating, I can't pretend to be some chill like Northside hippie that wears dungarees and like hiking boots because the next time I see them, I will not look like that. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up, go as myself. I wore bike shorts, trainers, t-shirt. Love it. When bought some new gardening gloves from Bunnings. Oh, see, BYO gloves. They had gloves there, but I just wasn't sure and I didn't want to look amateur by showing up to weed dating without gloves. Good move. Did you test your bike shorts out for the undies test when you were squatting down? Because you know when you're at Pilates or yoga and you see girls in their bike shorts and you, when they're bending, you see everything. What was the thickness like of the bike shorts? Were you see-through? Were the things on show? Oh, that's a great question. I didn't do the test. If anyone went to this dating and saw Lee there, let us know if I <laughs> So I went to Bunnings, I got my gloves, jumped in the car and off I drove to weed dating. Now, I have never driven so slow in my entire life. Like normally you get me in the car, I'm like a rally car driver. Like I'm weaving in and out, like taking red lights. I stopped at green lights. That's how slow (laughs) I was going. I was dreading it. I've never felt so hesitant about going to something and just not knowing what to expect. Anyway, I got there. You had to walk in a little bit to get to the community garden and it was very north side. I couldn't quite tell 
what was going on. So I just stood in the line. They had a little coffee van there. I stood in the line <laughs> pretending I was going to get a coffee while I just sussed out what was going on. And eventually I saw a, a woman with a clipboard. So I went up to her and I said, oh, my name's Lee. She said, yeah, great, Lee. Like I'll tick you off. She had a huge list on this clipboard. It was two A4 sheets of oh, paper. Way. Yeah. Now when I had looked it up, it was a broadsheet article that I was looking at and it said, oh, it normally gets like, you know, an average of about 15 people. So I was expecting like a really small crowd. Yeah. But I would say there were 40 people there. Wow. In the That broadsheet ad really t- paid out for them, didn't it? I guess so. Unfortunately, it seems that mostly women read broadsheet uh-huh. um, because of those 40 attendees, there were two men. <gasps> and- I don't think the organisers know how to do this. Like, guys, you've got to have equal numbers. Well, this is the thing. This is what I was going to say out loud. And then I was like, hold on. They didn't actually qualify whether this weed dating was for gay, straight, bi. And so you can't kind of go half and half because a lot of the people here might be interested in people of the same sex. And so I stopped myself from saying that Mm. funnily enough so you rotate around we were weeding the um broccoli crop because apparently broccoli is the least risky because it doesn't in any way look like a weed so there's no (laughs) chance of us pulling it out of the ground so you you do five minutes across from someone and then you rotate for the entire like two hours that we were weed dating I didn't get to either of the men (laughs) I I didn't I didn't even talk to a single man. <laughs> Did you make any new friends? I made so many friends, Jules. Oh. So I, I now have five new friends. Love it. We've got a group on WhatsApp called Weed Gang oh. and we're going to catch up for wines and I just love them. And you know what? I had so many great chats with with the women at this dating thing, like and super interesting. There was an archaeologist. There was someone that writes comms for like the government, uh, a midwife, just so many different types of people. And I just, it was so much fun. And it just felt like, yeah, it felt really wholesome. And everybody that I talked to afterwards, everyone was in such a good mood and felt so happy. I love, I absolutely love this. You're doing some great work for the garden. You're doing some great work for the soul. And you've met a bunch of great new women. It's amazing. Exactly. And like super confident, powerful, individual women. That was my favourite part. There were lots of jokes about using single people for free (laughs) labour because we did do an excellent job of weeding. But I love weeding, so I quite enjoyed it. Did you have to pay? Yeah, we paid $30 a ticket, but they donate all of that to charity. Oh, I love that. So the place is called Series Joe's Market Garden. It's in Coburg. Apparently they're going to run them all through summer. The weather on Saturday was the most glorious weather ever. And it was just beautiful being outside and meeting some new people. And, you know, if you don't meet a partner at these things, you meet people that then open your social networks to other people. What was the age range like? There were a couple of people in their 20s. I would say mid to late 30s was probably the norm. Mm-hmm. I felt I was in the range. Right. So, there's just no pressure as well because you just sit there. I didn't even look at them half the time. I was looking at the weeds, just having a chat, but making sure that I pulled the weed out of the ground because if you don't pull it out properly, Jules, it grows right. back. Yeah. I bet they'll get more men too as it becomes more popular. But I have to say when I got there, 
and I saw that it was mostly women, I actually felt quite relieved. And I I just loved like sitting there chatting to them all. So <laughs> would recommend. <laughs> right. I was going to say we consider this one tried and tested. Yes, absolutely. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Amazing. I think we'll share this link uh, in our show notes and on our Insta. Show notes. Oh, we have show, show notes. notes. Apparently we have show notes now. <laughs> now we know things don't always go to plan in dating life. Each week we bring you the best of the worst, cringiest and hilarious dating adventures of our listeners. Lee, share with us what you've got. We've got so many great ones this week. So this one came from one of our male listeners, which I'm allowed to disclose and I love because I just love that we have male listeners. We actually have <laughs> quite a high proportion of male listeners. Yeah. Guys, we love the support. We hope you're learning something to take into your own dating journeys. Okay, so this one came from one of our listeners. I dated someone in my early 20s for about 12 months. She was a beautiful girl from the south coast of New South Wales and I was living in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. It started out with lots of excitement, parties, dates in interesting spots and weekends away. Sounds dreamy. For background, I had a friend of mine living with me at the time who was my best friend and he worked and travelled as a male model. Good looking Mm -hmm. bloke and very charismatic. Yummo. Sounds like trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Delicious trouble. One- <laughs> yum yum. <laughs> there were many <laughs> There were many times I should have called it quits. For example, the time I found my best mate and my girlfriend on the beach at 10 p.m. cuddling up to each other. Their excuse, it was cold. Oh. Or the time I found her in a nightclub sitting in a guy's lap after she was ignoring my many calls. Oh. Or how about the time I was laying in bed with her at her house on the lower North Shore, early on a Saturday morning, I hear her housemate come home with two guys. My girlfriend got out of bed, went into the lounge room, and I overheard the two girls talking about how one of the guys came back to meet my girlfriend. Oh, no. (laughs) Mate, you've got a bunting. He he actually goes on to say, the last red flag for this story. was the time she stayed at a family friend's house after a night out with my best friend. I was thinking none of it at the time, but they ended up sleeping in the same bed and I found out and still didn't call it quits. Oh, I wonder when they did call it quits. Like not soon enough, for one. You poor bloke. You must have really loved this girl. My heart bleeds for you. What I really love is that he's put the moral of the disaster story at the end because he knows how much we love a lesson. We love a lesson. What's his lesson? Know your worth and recognise when to leave and take the many learnings from this story. Bless him. He could host this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I've got one. I was supposed to go on a coffee date. I got there on time and he had already ordered and drank his coffee. Jesus. (laughs) This sounds familiar. I was just thinking I once had a coffee date and I went there on the wrong day and time. (laughs) So well done to this person. I went up to get mine. He just stared at me from the table while I was ordering. The date itself lasted about two hours and I honestly can't remember a single thing we talked about because he wasn't contributing to the conversation at all. Girl, sounds like you're in charge of this conversation and you let it go on for two hours. (laughs) There was one point where I was just staring at him and I remember thinking, if he doesn't bring up a topic of conversation in the next 30 seconds, I'm leaving. 
dude genuinely just stared at me. Maybe he was trying to communicate telepathically. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's more. Oh, gosh. I tried to leave. He insisted I stay. Why? And she's put four exclamation marks and question marks. <laughs> I haven't talked about anything and it's been two hours. Weird guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I did end up going on a second date with him, but it was just as awkward. Called it quits after that. Oh, man. That second date chance. Oh. Us women love it, don't we? Yeah. I mean, she liked it the second hour chance. It sounded like that that day should have ended within the first 20 minutes. Like, get out of there. Maybe she's like me and she has trouble leaving. Like, I really struggle to say, okay, I'm off, see ya. Well, I don't think she has an office in China that can have a call at a <laughs> time to escape. <laughs> All right, should I do another one? Yeah, do the next one we've got. Okay. This guy that I'm on a date with starts showing me pictures of his super, super old cat, which is not a problem. I love cats. I told him that I also have a cat. But then he starts explaining he recently adopted this elderly cat because in cat years he calculated that it would be his mother's age. He named it after his mother, full name, and his mother had just died. Oh, I stayed real calm and kind about the whole thing. People cope in their own ways, but that's a weird red flag, am I right? (laughs) You're definitely right. (laughs) Full name of his mother. Never bond with the animal either. No. Like weird. I mean, if you've done it because he, like, loves cats and wants to give this cat a couple of good years of life, fine. Okay, let's say the mother's name is Jane Smith. Come here, Jane Smith, sit on my lap. But also you don't use your mum's full name, right? It Wouldn't it be better to call it mummy? Mummy, mummy, sit on on my lap. Come here, (laughs) mummy. Give me a kiss, mummy. Oh, mummy, that's some smelly tuna. Stop. (laughs) Oh, that's messed up. I don't know if I could have been nice in that situation. I couldn't have kept a straight face, that's for sure. All right, I've gone. Hopefully this one's a bit better. <laughs> bit of a change in tone. I met up with a guy I met online at a local bar one day after work. Turns out he was a medical resident who had been awake for over 35 consecutive hours. Look, we know our doctors oh. work really hard, but that's not a good decision to make after 35 hours of being awake. No. Oh. He showed up in his dirty scrubs, I would like Ooh. to add here. You have options to change as an ex-hospital worker. Pick some new scrubs out, mate. What's it uh, like? What's a dirty scrub too? Is it like blood, vomit, blood, other bottles, shit, fluids? fluids? Oh my god! But also, like, if you've been at work and awake for thirty-five hours, you've also been in those clothes for thirty-five hours. You you will stink. Like you will stink. You haven't yep. got fresh undies on either. Like you're definitely not getting laid. <laughs> so he showed up in his dirty scrubs and apologized in advance for being a little tired. We ordered a couple of martinis and did the usual small talk. When I returned from using the bathroom, his head was on the bar and he was fast asleep. I left a $20 (laughs) note on the bar and snuck out before he woke up. (laughs) Like, where was the bartender in all this? I love that this listener has had the power to just go, I'm out, like I'm tapping out. (laughs) She needs to let our coffee date girl know when it's time to leave. Yeah, but the coffee date guy was staring at her the whole time. He didn't fall asleep. <laughs> Falling asleep is like the perfect out. <laughs> one more? Yeah, let's do one more. This listener also met a guy online. That's what we and then they went out. Yeah, 
everybody meets online. So I met a guy online and then we went out for burgers and beers and there were two people he couldn't stop talking about, his mum and his ex-wife. He whipped out his phone to show me pictures of both of them. When the waitress came to clear our plates, she asked if I wanted to wrap my leftover food, to which I replied, no, thank you. The waitress was about to clear my plate when he reached over aggressively and said, I will wrap it. Mum will love that. <laughs> Mummy's boy, completely. I mean, sometimes I wrap food for my dog. That's about as far as I get as taking away the leftovers. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm still in Prague, guys. And at the moment, my stepmom is here with me and she's got some friends in Prague. So mum age. <laughs> so I'm hanging out with my stepmom and her mum age friends and they speak Russian. There's no English, but there's a bit of translating that goes on in between. There's a lot of hand signals for communication and so on. So we're walking through this park and she's like, okay, guys, I need to know how to break up with Dan. Dan is her partner that's driven us on this day trip around Western Czech Republic that's in the car that we all have to sit with on the car home. Oh, no. (laughs) So the three of us are having this weird like Russian slash English conversation about the man that we've left in the car so we can go and walk through this park. And she's like, I need to dump him, but I'm not sure when. Now, should I do it slowly or should I do a clean break? How should I do it? And when should I do it? I've got tickets to the ballet next month and he bought them for me. So I feel a bit awkward about that. And then it's close to Christmas. So like, should I wait till after Christmas? And it was just his birthday. So I couldn't do it before then. And now I'm not sure what to do. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) women of all ages, they're having our problems, guys. Look, my advice to her was that she needs a clean break and to do it after the ballet. (laughs) And then I was very thankful that I don't speak the language for the two-hour car ride home, which also involved, this is what reminded me, picking up his mum from the village on the way home. So we had Dan, the guy that's about to get dumped at some point in the near future, Dan's mum, and my stepmom and her friend and I in the back seat. There were three different languages going on in this car, and in the end I put my headphones in and I was like... I feel car sick, I've got to tap out. And it was so much. What a stressful situation. (laughs) That's all we've got for you today, guys. And not just today, but for season one. Thank you so much for joining us this season. We have had a blast and we are so grateful for all of your support. If you like today's app or any of the apps this season, please leave us a review, subscribe and follow us on Insta. But go one step further. Share it with your friends, your weed dating group, (laughs) your book club house, the group chat. We really want to spread the word and help others out on their dating journey. And as always, if you've given one of our tried and tested recs a go, let us know. Send in your dating disasters. We always love to hear them. And guys, remember, you've got this. Bye.